Alrighty, guys. How exciting. All right. So are you guys ready to talk some Roger tonight? I am. Like, let's face it. He's seriously misunderstood. I can't wait to clear the air. So um, let's go, right? <laughs> All right. Uh, first off, I want to, you know, do my usual announcements. So uh, you can find the Sassanac files on all sorts of listening platforms. I know this is kind of a special one because it's our first Facebook Live. But um, you can find us on all kinds of places. iTunes, CastBox, Spotify, Amazon Music, Podbean, Google Podcasts. Um, I just heard today that we are now on iHeartRadio, so that's exciting. Anyway, um, we got some fun stuff getting ready to go down with the Sassanac Files Facebook page. I know I promised two weeks ago that I would get out the uh, season four <laughs> Um, best episode bracket, and that kind of hasn't happened because it's been super crazy with work. But uh, fingers crossed that we'll get it out this week. I, I'm really going to try, guys. I'm really going to try. Alrighty, so let's talk to Rebecca because I know she's out there waiting in the wings. Let's see if we can find her. There she is. All right. Alrighty, well, as soon as we get the... Uh the guest of honor on here. We'll talk some uh, Roger Mack. I uh, sent out a poll earlier this week about what you guys wanted to hear, and we're going to talk some of his lineage, like his family history, and um, we're going to talk some family history. We're going to talk some of the like poorly adapted stuff and uh, some of the really well-adapted stuff and why he just gets a bad rap, why people don't like him, and why some people have absolutely no idea why he uh, is not liked. Because <laughs> that's kind of where my family is on it, right? So honestly, I'm kind of like that too. Hi from Oregon. Hello. Where's everybody from? Or we're trying to get this on here. Ooh, somebody from Indianapolis. Hello, Shelby. Hello. Right down the road. Like, oh, connecting. Hey. Hi. Hi. <laughs> I'm like, what? I'm like, I can only fill time for so long. What is happening? <laughs> you will not keep me from Roger. <laughs> Chelsea, like, I'm damn. like, guys, I'm so sorry. I am so, so sorry. <laughs> okay I'm trying to like all right hi hello world can I see I can see the comments over here but I'm looking at can Chelsea, you so it's gonna look a little weird so hi yeah. <laughs> oh my Talk goodness yeah. <laughs> all right let's do this I got my um my beautiful little cheat sheet here so good 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 stuff <laughs> oh my god so what do we want to talk about first? Um, do we want to get through the nitty gritty of his family history just to clear some shit up? Sure. We'll do it. We okay. Cool. So um, I hope everybody on here is all the way caught up through season five. Because if not, you're in for some some spoilers Spoiler. tonight. Spoiler um, central. We are, we're going to try... Because Rebecca has not read the books. So we are going to try to not spoil things that have not been covered in the show yet. Um, 
but we are going to talk about everything that has been covered in the show. So if you're one of those Netflix watchers that has only watched through season three, uh, I apologize, but this might not be the night for you <laughs> to join our Facebook live. Um, but hey, if you're you're totally on board for spoilers, let's do this. <laughs> I will. I'll read the books. I promise. I'm reading two through five eventually. I want to read them before season six happens. I so. hope so. Yeah. Uh, they're so huge. I'm like rereading Dragonfly and Amber right now. And it's so good, but I forget like how much of an undertaking it is. <laughs> so. Dragonfly yeah. and Amber. Yeah. I'm curious about the France stuff and how I'll process all of that. So that, that'll be interesting when, uh, cause Diana really likes to get detailed and sometimes mm -hmm. my brain can go, get in this catatonic state. So it's like, Oh my God, <laughs> that's a lot. That's a lot of information. <laughs> yeah, it is a lot of information. Um, yeah, but Dragonfly and Amber is where we meet Roger for the first time. So that's exciting. And I really forgot how much I loved reading his point of view. Like, it's such a refreshing thing to read after, like, especially if you go straight into it after Outlander, which is 100% from Claire's perspective. And mm -hmm. to, like, get a completely removed third-party opinion on how people look and how they behave and things like that. It's really interesting to me. Uh, I just love Roger, and I can't wait to be in his head more often. I know. Well, hopefully, hopefully we will get that in the show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's, I think that he is, there's more points where it's his POV than any other character in the series. So Wh the fact, go ahead. Which is why they should be doing him way more justice. Like he's a major character. Are you fucking kidding me right now? If people hate him, this is a problem. It's a major problem. Yes, Thank you. Yes. I'm like, why? So here's the thing. Like, I know that most of you that are watching probably really loved Roger and that's what drew you in to this video. But are there any people out there in the Facebook live universe that are frustrated by Roger in the show? <laughs> because I would really like to take this episode to maybe clarify some things that are misunderstood in the show. Here, here's a good comment. Someone just said, Kimberly, hello. You had just said that Diana and Roger went into stars to advocate for Roger, which I thought was really cool that Diana was with him. But one thing we're going to be talking about is did they in fact do this? Because there are still people that don't actually like him, that find him whiny, that compare him to Jamie way too much. This actually needs to stop because they are totally different dudes from different time periods. Mm -hmm. And also like, the funny thing is they both are very similar in a lot of ways. It's just Roger executes it differently than Jamie. So that's the thing we need to keep in mind is that people just operate differently. It doesn't mean that Roger's not whiny. I don't know where that even comes from. Hell no. <laughs> At all. That irritates me. I had someone comment on the Sassnack files and they were like, Roger's so wimpy and like was commenting. And I just want to clarify. I'm like, it's easy to hold him to the standard of Jamie, right? Because yeah, yeah. he's, he's Jamie, 
but Roger is a person and he handles things differently than Jamie. Okay. He's a person that needs to process things and think about it. And this is what makes him such a great POV in the books because he internalizes things and (laughs) you hear like him take in the situation and think about it. Jamie for God, I love Jamie. Like you guys all know this about me, but he doesn't, as he gets older, he internalizes things more, but he's also very quick on his feet and can come to a decision very quickly. And a lot of the times, yes, it is the right decision, but mm-hmm. Roger is not that way. And I think that that is what frustrates people the most is that he like, okay, let's take one of the big controversial things from season four. <laughs> yep. He, <laughs> he, had the opportunity to come back with Jamie and Claire in the season four finale. And Jamie being like every single Roger hater watching season four was like, (laughs) you need to fucking make a decision right now. Like right now. (laughs) (laughs) And and Roger's like, no, I need to take some time. This is a big decision. Like, yes, I love this woman, but she's also potentially pregnant with another man's child. And that also potentially means that I may not be able to go back to the future. Like, mm-hmm. if I make this decision, I am making the decision to stay here. And no offense, guys, but Roger has had a really tough run in the 18th century, okay? Yes, and, he has. And handled it so him? well. Yeah, oh totally. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, what kind of sucks about the season four finale, even though I liked it, was that they didn't actually give Roger the place to say anything it was like Claire going hey like give him time to think this is our daughter and I want him to think about it but Jamie being a dad which I think is a logical response Jamie's Jamie and I think that a dad should be like hey or what are you gonna do like I don't think that that was irrational but I do think Roger maybe needed not Jamie in his face while he was trying to think like Roger his main goal in season four I feel like we're going all over the place now. We're just answering. We're just talking. This we're just happening. talking. This is what <laughs> yes, this is. Good. We're just talking. This is good. Um, what what Roger's main goal was to get Brianna back. And now they can't because she gets pregnant. Now, and what's crazy is he doesn't know if that's his kid. I think that it's a completely logical thing to go. Oh, I don't know what to do with this. It's not that he doesn't want the kid. This is not how Roger is at all. I mean, he was adopted. Did people forget this? Like, I find this so funny. Like, he's not in, he's not a jerk. He just likes to think. I like to think. Claire likes to think. If anybody reads the book, like, book one literally made me go, oh, Claire actually does use her brain. Because in season one, sometimes I had moments where I was like, girl, what the <laughs> f- are you doing? I would be thinking this. And then I read the book and I went, she's literally thinking what I thought. So Katrina obviously read the book and I don't think that that's her at all. I just think it's the editing. The editors need to stop doing what they're doing. <laughs> like listen I, to the fans and I, I just, and the powers that be, the people who have the final say, y'all need to get it together because clearly you are not paying attention. And I appreciate the writers. I know that there are some of them that really care about these books but you all need to stop doing what you're doing to a character that actually is a big deal in the story. If he is seriously the second person with the point of view, like book two starts with him, you all need to pay like attention and give him like the honor he deserves. And the fact that there are so many people that don't actually like him 
that find him whiny, that find him this dick. Like, let's be honest, I've seen those comments where people have said that. I'm like, oh my God, this makes me want to cry. Like, I legitimately want to cry when people say these horrible things about him. So, so Jane, like, Jane Foley Sherwood is saying, the newbie writers just want drama and they sacrifice all the characters at some point for their statements. And I... <laughs> Here's the thing, though, and Rick, so I, I'm friends with a lot of Outlander people. This may surprise you, but <laughs> um, and one of them did a Zoom meeting with Rick Rankin, like they won it or they purchased it or something. And they Rick actually said that because they were asking him about some potential season six content. And he said, well, this sounds really great and I really love it. But he said, I'm even debating reading the sixth book at this point because like, I get attached to these moments, these sweet moments for my character. And then it gets booted or it gets cut at the last minute. And he's like, so yes, hundred percent. I would love that. But he says he feels like sometimes when it comes down to it, whether it's in the writer's room or the cutting room floor, that like it gets cut because for Jane, for the benefit of Jamie's character, like, honestly, yes. We all love Jamie and that's not yeah. going anywhere. It's not going no, anywhere. No, it's not. No, but it's, it's not. okay for us to like Roger stars. Yeah. If you are listening. It is okay for <laughs> us to like Roger. Yeah. <laughs> like we're not going to hate Jamie at all. No. Although in the show, the one weird change that they did with Leary, I was like, what the, like, don't come even on, get me people. started. Yeah, no, but we're going to focus on Roger, but like, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're right. They, they, yep. Someone, uh, Linda, Linda Lane just said he is a hero, not like Jamie. Exactly. He is a hero. He, I would honestly, like, I would pick Roger over Jamie any day anyways. It's not that I dislike Jamie. It's just Roger is so more like the person that I would want to be with. He, he is a hero. He, he did do what he needed to do. Um, there's, well, not needed. He wanted to. He wanted to be with Brianna. Of course he wanted to be with her. He loves her, but it's a, it's okay to process. And oh my gosh, all the writers. I, I feel bad for the newbie writers because they're kind of being told what to do and what mm-hmm. to add into the show. Like I've listened to a couple of those podcasts with the writers and stuff, like the actual Outlander podcast mm-hmm. with like Matt and all of them. And I could kind of tell like one of the new writers didn't want to do a couple of things that were in the episode, like the the barn sex scene. Like she kind of, I think it was her, one of them. She just kind of, since it was a book moment, they didn't do it justice completely. So like that was a bummer. And then I know like the, comp- oh, what episode was it? The company one where um, Roger. The company we keep. Yes, the company we keep. And she kind of was on the podcast, had kind of just, I could kind of get the vibe that there was something that she didn't want to put in there, but was kind of told to. So it was like, this is a bummer. Like, why, why? I mean, I want the book moments because I, as a show watcher, can kind of go, oh, this kind of feels like this would have been something in the book. But here's but, my thing. Like, yeah, go ahead. If you're going to put so much emphasis on the book moments that we all love so much, damn it, just do it right. 
if you're gonna do a book moment, don't half-ass it. I want it on from the page, okay? Don't be like, oh, well, this is this was in the book. This is a tent pole moment. So we're gonna like that stable sex scene. Not to get off the topic of Roger, but literally the whole. Um, let's just broaden it a little bit. The whole better to marry than burn episode in season five. What the fuck was that? Like, I know you haven't read <laughs> read book five yet, Rebecca. Yeah. But mm-hmm. that was like a bunch of stuff that were tentpole moments that literally got smushed all into one episode. The Roger and Brianna stuff were, that was from book six. And it wasn't even the stuff that was in book six. And Roger and Bree were supposed to be with Jamie and Claire at Jacasta's wedding. And there are important things that happen in that area with Roger and Bree at Jacasta's wedding that we totally and completely lost because they thought it would be more important to boost Roger's character and keep him at home to deal with this, the locust plague on the ridge. And I'm like, no, do it like Diana did it and you'll be fine. Like, stop trying. Like, they're making these apparently quote unquote grand gestures. I know I'm using a lot of air quotes, but, <laughs> um, but it's, it's falling flat. Like, just stick to basics. Like, the first yep. two seasons, first three seasons were fantastic because it was it was the book. It was from the page. And the more that they stray, the more it just... it. I mean, I loved season five, but for Roger's character, it was just... Yeah, they think... Oh, my God. They think they did him justice, but they actually didn't because there were still moments where I'm sitting there going, like, excuse me. Like, that was fixing him? Are you kidding me right now? Like, that is not fixing him at all. What, he owns um, Jemmy. He does the blood oath. Like, that's fixing him? Are you fucking joking? I'm going to probably use a few more F-bombs. But, like, that bothered me a lot, actually. And it has nothing to do with Richard. Richard's amazing. Richard's perfect. He plays him so well. But it, it's just, I, it mm-hmm. bugs me when actors are put in those positions where they have to do something they don't want to do. Like the stable scene, for instance. Like, if you were going to have them have sex in the stable scene, fine. Don't have Jamie going, look down, where she can't even see anything. <laughs> it was like, I, <laughs> it was, so um, I thought it was really great because Diana was on Outcast. And they were talking about this because <laughs> because David and Tim were so confused. <laughs> They're like, I don't understand. <laughs> and what she's like, well, here? let me tell you what actually happened. And so when all was said and done and Diana explained how it happened in the books, which basically involves Jamie having quite a bit of whiskey and playing little piggies with Claire's toes and then absconding with her to the stable and nothing but her shift. That makes a little more sense. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. No. Anyway. Oh my God. So back back to to Roger. Roger. (laughs) Yes. Um, You mentioned the blood oath in 501, which is a really great scene. Like in itself. Yes. Like we needed that. We needed to hear that Roger's like, you know what? No, like I don't care if Jimmy's my son or not. Like, I don't, I do, it doesn't matter to me. And like you said, Roger's adopted. Like he, yeah. he could care less about this kid's like, obviously, yes. If it was his son, that would be great, but he's not going to hold that against Jimmy. 
And no, but because Jimmy is his son, it doesn't matter. Yes, it doesn't matter yeah. that there's a biological link to it. Yeah. But mm-hmm. in the books, this happened as a very public declaration in front of Jamie and Claire, which went a long way towards Jamie respecting Roger as an individual. And did that get included in the show? No. So I think what it all boils down to is that people hold Jamie in such a high level. They hold his opinion above all. And they had Jamie, like, I was okay with Jamie being a little judgy for the first couple of episodes. Okay. I was okay with that. Like Roger needed to earn his trust and that was valid, but having it arc all the way until what essentially amounted to monsters and heroes. That's where we really got this mending of fences between Jamie and Roger. That is way too long. It took way too long. So long. I hated monsters and heroes for like the first watch because that took so long. I was like, I don't like this episode for one, well, for one reason, also a bunch of the other stuff. I was like, why would you play with my heart like that? That's not okay. Well, and then don't get me started on Brianna getting hit by that buffalo. Like, are you kidding me right now? Like, I get, I get, I would have done the exact same thing. Like, come over here, hit me, do not go near my kid. But like, that was horrible. (laughs) Oh my God. But yes. Basically, I agree with you. I don't like that that took the whole season five mm-hmm. for them, for Roger and Jamie to finally connect like that. Like, that does not work for me at all. And it did, um, I think, make it harder for people to like Roger. Like, it turned, it backfired. People, it, like, we're already going like Rogers this, Rogers that, Rogers whatever. Like me, I'm like, oh my god, y'all are so. Me. Catherine <laughs> Ring says, I understand it's complicated to compress these huge books into only a few episodes, but out of all the characters, Roger has gotten the short end of the stick. He's a super complex character in the books, and that complexity has been condensed for the show. That that is what has hurt his image in the show. Um, in his show character sorry yeah snaps Snaps, (laughs) roger is a very very complex character and no matter how much of a phenomenal actor rick rankin is like you can the guy can only do so much if the writing's not there yep and the editing is not on his side i mean let's Mm -hmm. talk okay so you were let's talk about the uh the fight scene from mercy shall follow me Oh my oh yeah, there was two fight scenes. The horrible one in season four as well with the hand fasting. Oh goodness sake. Okay, let's talk about the verbal Okay, so we'll talk about the deleted scene from Mercy Shall Follow Me first. And then we'll circle back around. Yeah, oh my God. Richard's favorite scene. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Like Tim, when I see it, I was like, that looked fun. Like, genuinely, they both looked like they were having fun. But also, it was kind of cool to see people, like, go, is this legitimate? Like, I don't even know what's happening. But between Jamie and Roger, like, to see Jamie's facial expressions as Roger is doing, like, the sword movements. Because Jamie taught him. I was like, this is so cool. He's got this, like, proud look on his face. Mm-hmm. Like, you'll do. This is the the line that he says Right at the end, what yep. he says, you'll you'll do. 
Like, you'll do fine. Yeah. Like, the show watchers needed to see that. Mm -hmm. I agree, because we've spent so much of season five with Jamie, like, either on the fence or angry with Roger over Mm -hmm. the decisions that he's made. And it's like, the, the show watchers need to see that, because let's face it. The people that don't like Roger are not the book readers. They're the show watchers. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you've read the books, you freaking love Roger Wakefield McKenzie. Like, he's amazing. And yeah. so having had Jamie have this arc of being angry and being on the fence and, like, I don't know if he's the best guy for my daughter. Like, we needed that, that like you said, that last yeah. line that said, you'll do. Like, it'll it'll serve and so will you or something like that and oh my god like you just needed that gratification like I'm sure that they thought that it was what they call shoe leather which is like oh well this is all supplemental material that you get later on the episode I'm like no you needed this scene like this is not supplemental material this is life-saving surgery okay (laughs) yeah so yeah um Like, in that episode, Mercy Shall Follow Me, like, I got their connection. Like, to me, I thought, like, I love seeing their little banter just a little bit. Like, there was a connect, and you can tell Jamie was like, yes, this this dude's my boy. You know, like, my son's that thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Which I loved in the first episode, by the way, when he said, like, will you stand by me? Like, oh, my God. I just, man. But in that episode, I got it, but that scene you're right it was needed it wasn't meant to be on the sidelines for people to go oh let me just watch this as a deleted scene it was needed Mm -hmm. it really was especially when roger like runs after bonnet towards the end of the episode and he's like beating the shit out of him which i was like i love you so much more get Um, it (laughs) yep so it just yeah so let's talk about the oath taking at in uh 501 Because it is a really big moment. Um, But I also think it's one that um, show watchers get confused on as well. Yep. Uh, Because Roger hesitates. Yeah. And, oh my God, Roger hesitated. Like, what the hell? (laughs) Pitchforks. (laughs) Yeah. So. Go ahead. Like, I wonder if there was a part of him that didn't really understand what was happening. But he's allowed to take it seriously. Like I would take something like that seriously. Like he's asking me to stand by him. Like, mm-hmm. uh, what does that entail? <laughs> like, you know? He, yeah. What were you going to say about that though, Chelsea? Yeah, I know. God forbid a man thinks freaking a, we were talking about like, is Roger not allowed to have feelings at all? Like, this is how people treat him. Like you're not allowed to feel only Jamie is like, well, are you kidding me right now? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's basically what I was going to say about the oath taking. Like, like you said, he needs the time to think <laughs> first yep. of all, like you can't just Jamie Jamie should have told Roger this was the plan, okay? If he expected Roger to just, like, turn a switch and be like, yes, I'll stand by you. But Jamie, at this point, like, Roger's pretty sure that Jamie hates his guts, okay? And this is something that Roger voices to Bree while they're cutting the wedding cake. He's like, your father hates me, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and so... Because he's a heretic. Because <laughs> he's a heretic. <laughs> Damn Presbyterians. 
Um, grandpa says, yeah, all Presbyterians are heretics. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that little boy is so, the cutest little thing. I know. Um, anyway, so Roger's like, what's happening? <laughs> like, um, uh, okay, I don't know, like what am I supposed to do? Like, he's just massively confused, honestly. Yeah. And he doesn't know, like, obviously we've watched the first four seasons of Outlander and particularly season one, where this type of thing was a regular thing. Like we understand as an audience, the significance of something like this, but Roger is a 20th century person. And yes, I'm sure he's read about it, but it's not his specialty. 18th century Jacobites. It was his father's specialty. And so by extension, he knows a little bit about it, but Mm -hmm. it's not something that he's like, yes, I 100% understand what's happening right now. And sure, count me in, Jamie. (laughs) Yeah. I I don't know. Someone did just just say the calling of the clans in 1960. Mm -hmm. That is a little different, isn't it? It is different because what happened in the 60s is simply a like and I get th- I get what parallel they're drawing because yeah um, in the books at the end of Drums of Autumn, which is the fourth book, it um, is the gathering, and this is one of those like structural integrity of the books type things. So what happened in five hundred one was that they condensed what in the Outlander universe is known as the longest day ever. Okay. It's like the first, (laughs) first fifth of a thousand plus page book. Like, okay, let's see. I'm going to illustrate. So this is the fiery cross. Yes. I'm so excited to read it. So, um, I think at this point, yeah, this is all the gathering in the fiery (laughs) cross. That was the challenge that they had in condensing this plot. This is the problem with them continuously reducing the amount of episodes that we have in these seasons. The books just keep getting bigger. <laughs> like, okay? And yeah. so naturally there are going to be some things. And I saw a comment where someone was like, you know, things are going to get cut because they're adapting. They're not making the book. And I get that. But you have to pick and choose what's important. And I, yes, 100% think they did a yeah. good job adapting the gathering and making it Roger and Bree's wedding and all of that. But in doing so, like, there's just so much that is lost. Like, just yeah. so, so much. Well, on adaptation, they make these choices with, they change things. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I don't hate Murta. But they kept him alive. Guess what's gonna happen? Yeah, and I know Angela is about to just be like, "Girl, let me tell you." Yeah, <laughs> how I feel about it. that. Well, like, okay, in um, okay, here was my thing. Why would you call it the Ballad of Roger Mack if it has nothing really to do with him? It was all about Murta, which. Okay, if that's what you're going to do, fine. It was horrible. It was horrible to watch. Not because it was terrible. I do like the episode. But don't call it the battle of, or the, the ballad of Roger Mack. 
if it's not going to be about him like what we find out he gets hanged like which is a horrible thing to watch I hate it every time I see it I like get all emotional but like title it something different like the ballad of Murta, if you're gonna make everything about him, like seriously. <laughs> I I mean it's a it's a controversial topic and um it it's is so it's, a, it's uh, yeah it's one of those choices that people were like, Okay, well this could work, you know, and even Diana, I think, was like, uh, well that's not how it happens, but I mean, I guess if if this is a decision that you're set on, like, here's the path forward. Yeah. And she pointed to, like, if Murta was still alive and he did get shipped to the colonies as an indentured slave or servant, then he would have been a regulator. Like, this is what she's, this is the path she's paving for them. And that's how they came to this. But Mm -hmm. if they had just kept Murta alive, and still kept him at secondary character status. <laughs> I think everything would have been okay, but yeah. really they gave him his own storyline and his own arc. And when you're reducing, like you said, the amount of episodes, like you're taking, like you're already throwing a bunch of shit out the window because you're taking a thousand page book and making yeah. it into 12 episodes. But then to throw in supplemental storylines, it's just. Yeah. If you're not going to do the material justice which is what's giving you something to make anyways mm-hmm. if you're not going to do that justice don't do anything creative like <laughs> oh it sounds bad don't use your brain don't do creative no, liberty I mean, what's that yeah like stop <laughs> that no 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 oh. Do you know what I mean? Because, but like at the same time they've done things where they've changed a little bit like Jamie was the one that was saying to Claire that she looked great in the sun in the book it's Claire saying it which Mm -hmm. I prefer the show let's be honest that is way more romantic but like to me anyway but like if a character who is a main character in the storyline you're in his head a lot is getting the short end of the stick on this because you're keeping somebody else alive which I love the actor I do love Duncan like this Mm -hmm. has nothing to do with him it's you're ruining the story. And I, as a show watcher, get bothered by that because I want the legitimate stuff. Yep. Like, I I want to know. I don't want to end up confused like I did with season four. Like, I was really heartbroken, honestly, watching it. Like, what's, what's going on with my Roger right now? Like, I don't understand yeah. this. Like, I was upset. Like, I got really passionate and get all cryy and stuff. Like, I don't understand what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> So Angela says, I'm just saying, I called these problems what happened when the choices were being debated. I said, Roger will pay for it. And he did. And she's talking about Murta staying alive. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think Roger is the like natural scapegoat, right? At this point, like we were talking, me and Rebecca were talking a little bit before we went live. And um, we were talking about how you, you mentioned that Richard and Diana, somebody did in the comments, that um, Richard and Diana went into stars and they went yeah. to Matt Roberts yep. and they said, look, like, this character <laughs> needs ma- <laughs> this character needs major CPR, okay? Like, yeah. mm-hmm. we have to do something. And so here's, so season five was viewed largely as the redemption of Roger. 
Do you think that they were six? Yeah. You don't think that it worked? No, they weren't. Cause people still think a certain way about him because Jamie still didn't like him for the whole season. Basically. It was like Mm -hmm. the last three episodes, right? Mercy shall follow, follow me was where legitimately we saw Jamie like him. Mm-hmm. So that's a problem um, <laughs> because people do value Jamie's opinion yes. really like, which is, I get it. We saw him from season one, but come on, like the dude still makes mistakes. Let's be honest. Um, and all this stuff. Like, right. I no, I don't think they did him justice because there are still people that are like, this guy's a loser basically. And I'm like, no, I would totally marry him. I would. Roger's awesome. And kind of what we had already been talking about, I don't like that people hold it against him that he thinks, that he gets upset, that he actually has feelings. Do you realize Jamie has feelings? That boy gets so hot-headed, I want to smack him upside the head sometimes. There are things that he says. (laughs) But when Jamie has feelings, oh, that's so hot. Oh, that's so sexy. God, I love a man who speaks his mind. Like, yeah. what, what, what is with the double standard? Like, Thank you. It like, so happens. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. At all. Mm-mm. Yeah. And then, neither. like, it is kind of interesting that people compare the, the couples. Mm-hmm. Like, they compare Claire and Jamie to Roger and Bree. They are their own people. Like, do you know that? Like, their relationship is different. It's because they were raised in a different time period, for one thing. But also, yep. like, they're different. They're allowed to be different. Yep, okay. exactly. That, that's all right. And the way Roger wants to handle batshit news like Brianna holding a gem from Bonnet and not telling him, he's allowed to want to go, I need a minute to myself because you literally just told me that you don't believe that Jemmy is my boy. Like, that's horrible. Now, like... But she told Bonnet that that was his kid. That's the thing that bothers him most is that she actually made that distinction. And that would piss me off. I'd be like, what the frick? Like, I mean, that would be so heartbreaking. So for people to get upset with Roger for needing to go sleep outside, literally outside in the front yard, (laughs) is basically what he did. Yep. Like, are you kidding me? That cabin's so tiny. I wouldn't want to be around my spouse if they like said something like whatever. Like, excuse me, you kept a stone from your rapist. Are you kidding me right now? You went and talked to them. You went and talked to them. Were you safe? Like, I'm sure he was thinking like, what, were you okay? Like, why would you go talk to him? I don't understand this. Roger's a chill person. Like he sees her pictures. He sees these like drawings like she's drawing stuff that are like she's tormented and he doesn't Mm -hmm. know what to do but he lets her process the way she's going to process he doesn't confront her on it at least in the show I was like that's that would be a really hard thing as a spouse to do that but like for him to find out that she's been hiding this and that she actually told Bonnet like this is your kid like I don't understand why he's not allowed to be upset by that well and also anybody Yeah. And also like, yes, I think that in that scene, a big part of it was that she did tell Bonnet that Jimmy was hers. Um, But I also feel like in that moment, Roger is experiencing a lot of, um, a lot of feelings, honestly, but I think he's hurt that 
yeah. Brianna's been keeping this kind of wrapped up inside her and she doesn't feel like she can talk to him about it. Yeah. And so that's something that like, yes, whenever people go through a trauma, they are dealing with it first person. But yeah. what people mm-hmm. find really hard to realize is that if your loved one is going through a trauma, you are going through that as well. Like yeah. you're not experiencing all of the PTSD and stuff from it, but you're experiencing the fallout from it and how your yeah. loved one is dealing with that. And all you want in life is for your loved one to be able to, to share, like get things off of their chest and talk to you about it. So Roger, in a lot of respects, he's like at a loss. He's like, okay, I know that she's going through this terrible thing. And it's not that he's not, in her corner because he is, but he is just struggling to, to find a way to get her to open up. And then when he finds out that not only is she keeping all of her emotions inside that a Stephen Bonnet's alive and she didn't bother to tell him (laughs) and B that she thinks that Stephen Bonnet is their son's father and didn't tell him like he has every right to be yeah. angry yeah. okay yeah <laughs> like, like, I would be too yeah like oh my goodness keeping that secret that bonnet was alive is a huge problem in general because you are putting everyone in danger not just Brianna Jamie not saying anything either was a bit bothersome to me like it took him a little bit to tell Claire but like to not tell people at the ridge like hey there's this psycho <laughs> like um, that's a problem. But for Brianna not to have told Roger, like, this is putting him in a bad spot. Like, he wants to protect her. He wants to protect Jemmy. And if you're not going to tell him, like, right. hey, he's out there, like, Roger's going to be put in this position where what if Bonnet did show up? Like, Roger's not going to be able to do what he needed to do, mm-hmm. which is what he wants to do, which is protect her. Yep. <laughs> yep. So frustrating. And I think oh, that, um... There's this great scene in the book. I can't remember what book it's in. I want to say it's in the Fiery Cross where Mm -hmm. um, some guy is like being very forward with Brianna and essentially like made very inappropriate advances towards her. And Jamie ends up scaring him off. But uh, she was like, oh, so or Jamie is like, so you're going to tell Roger about it. Like he can take care of you like. You know, he's, he's, that's what men are good for, essentially. And and she was like, why would I tell him? Like, that's just the difference. And I know that a couple of you have mentioned it in the comments. It's like, there's a major difference in the mentalities of 20th century versus 18th century. And yeah. I, while Roger is like a very old fashioned in his thoughts for the 20th century, just because of yeah. how he was raised. Like, he's still a modern man, and Brianna is very much a modern woman. And you would think that Jamie, (laughs) having been married to Claire for all this time, would get that. But, like, women don't always need somebody to, like, protect them. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's handy whenever you have men that are like, hey. (laughs) Being handy. (laughs) Being handsy. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, like, I think. I don't know. I almost feel like there's a stigma around it that like there's a lot of struggle between like being a modern person in the 18th century. Like people naturally judge him differently. Like they forget, they forget that he's a 20th century person in the 18th century. Almost. And not everybody 
Well, in the show anyway, not everyone knows he's from the future, so mm-hmm. yeah, they, they don't know how he operates. But yes, you're right. Like people do judge him by the Jamie standard. Like you had mentioned earlier that Jamie thinks on his feet, like he just answer, answer, answer. Like he does mm-hmm. something. That's kind of what it was like for yep. his time. You had to be on your feet like that. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of been programmed, I guess, like that. But I do also think he just naturally is that way. Yes. But like, anyways, yeah, it's, some of that's frustrating. <laughs> All right. So um, let's talk about. What, <laughs> so what's much on for Roger's list? history, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I think we covered a lot I can't know yeah can you guys see that (laughs) a good chunk of it anyway showrunner fuck ups that's what's on my list uh huh Um, so let's talk about Roger's family for a little bit we've been talking about season 5 a lot yeah yeah you know that guy that got Roger hung that was scary stuff. Oh my god! And it's his like six times great grandfather, <laughs> McDougal. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I lo- oh I loved the choice as Graham. Honestly, like I did too. I knew it was him by his voice, but like it was just fun to see Graham and Richard in a scene together. Just kind of from how they're goofy with each other on social media, like "Hey, Grandpa!" Like "Hey, Graham!" <laughs> <laughs> that like because it gets mentioned in um the second episode i think claire and roger whenever she's doing the eye test on him uh-huh. which mm-hmm. oh sidebar um that eye testing like in the books roger actually legitimately has a condition that prevents him from being able to shoot a weapon it has to do with his depth perception but in the show oh. They made it to where he just can't. He's just bad at it. Do you? Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, chalk that up to like, that would have taken zero time to like explain and that be like, oh yeah, you have this condition where you don't have depth perception. So that's why you can't shoot. That would have given a legitimate reason to why Roger like, is failing at this task but instead he's just failing to fail to give to be the punchline of jamie's jokes like that yeah like and this is kind of going a little off track but i don't like the weird comparisons people do but with him and brianna like people forget the reason why brianna even knows anything about that time period any sorry i'm getting upset like anything with the guns any of that is because of frank yep this man taught her because he knew I just, oh my God. And he made sure that she was able to take care of herself if she wasn't with anybody. Like if she wasn't, I mean, it's getting me emotional. Yeah. But like, I I don't like that comparison either. Like don't even, Brianna didn't know everything because Frank taught her. Yeah. That was the only reason. She doesn't like, she, gene- yeah. she's not like genetically engineered to live in the 18th century. Okay. Like, yeah. Yep. These are yep. all... just because Jamie's her dad. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, that's not a genetic thing. Okay. Let's <laughs> get out of the way right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like Frank, and this is something that again, I don't know. We got a lot more of this explanation in like the sixth book. 
I think. Okay. So um, this might be something that, oh, maybe, hey, if you're listening, maybe we'll get a Tobias Menzies cameo. <laughs> um, I, I freaking love him I would love to have him back as I great. was like wait on here that'd be fun <laughs> yeah, oh yeah totally let me get right on it I'll just like pull up my phone <laughs> I've got him on speed yeah, dial it's <laughs> are you done playing the prince yet <laughs> um, anyway because he is not uh, contractually obligated to the crown which is why he couldn't be in season 5 so okay. um so yeah, that's all done and over with now. So maybe we'll get him back. Maybe we'll have some, some Frank I time. Miss Frank. I miss and Frank. there's this really great scene that they didn't have in, I want to say it's in Drums of Autumn. It's either, it's either in Drums of Autumn or The Fiery Cross, mm-hmm. book four or five for those that don't know the titles, um, where Jamie has like this nightmare about blackjack randall and i really think that this would be like like if you're gonna have to buy us back for one episode as frank why not really throw a wrench in the works and have him be blackjack too <laughs> he's anyway, phenomenal to he buy is. oh my god and you learn like because i wasn't a big fan of frank and i know we're getting off topic guys but you know yeah, anything yeah. can happen but um, yeah. i wasn't a big fan of frank from Claire's perspective, but if you read him from Brianna, like you learn so much more and like that whole bit about him preparing her in case she did decide to go back to the 18th century because he knew that Jamie was alive. But (laughs) anyway, he's amazing. Frank really is. Yeah. He he would have done what Roger did actually. I feel like I wish I go ahead. I talked, I think I talked a little bit about this in my Dragonfly and Amber analysis, but like Roger, like if you think about it, there is a very reasonable explanation as to why Brie uh, like gravitates towards him because he's Mm -hmm. essentially a mix of Frank and Jamie. Like he really is. He's just, he's like the perfect mashup of both of her fathers. (laughs) I mean, and he looks really great, let's be honest. I am here yeah. for the man hair. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so let's get back to, uh, yeah, I've been, his... you know, I've been talking about this ancestry thing for the better part of the last hour. So let's actually talk about <laughs> it. Um, so we've got Buck McKenzie, who is the mm-hmm. son of Jillian Edgars and Dougal McKenzie. So Jillian Edgars, gotcha. a.k.a. Galus Duncan. Goodness sakes. So that's his seven times great grandparents. That's Roger's ancestry. Like, <laughs> And then to make matters worse, then you've got Galus and Dougal's son, William Buckley McKenzie, who is the guy that got him hung at Alamance. So Jesus Goodness H. Roosevelt Christ. I... <laughs> He's scary. Like, Graham did great. Like, when he hits Roger in the face with, like, the end of, like, the gun or something, I was like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. What's going to happen? Oh, my God. 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 I'm having um, anxiety. <laughs> I was. I want to cry about it right now. I hate what happens to him. So um, here's the thing. I've got I've got a confession. So at the end, you already know this. I'm telling our watchers out there. So, <laughs> so when we were watching season five live, me and Rebecca would have like a debrief after every episode. And um, mm-hmm. 
so there was a week break between the Ballad of Roger Mack and Famous Last Words. And, you know, the Ballad of Roger Mack ends on this, what's a despicable cliffhanger for Rebecca. I think it's awesome. Um, I, with Roger hanging from the stupid. tree. I loved it. And well, um, they brought him down. And then yeah. what? Like, come yeah. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. So um, <laughs> I was like, Rebecca doesn't like any spoilers. Like, absolutely none. And so I'm like, oh my God, like, should I tell her that he's alive? Like, I don't know. <laughs> because I'm like, I don't want her sitting in agony for two weeks, like, thinking he's dead. <laughs> oh my God. Um, I, yeah, yeah, so I, <laughs> anyway. Um, I, that yeah. was, anyway, oh my anyway. God. So yeah, that was just a funny little story that happened in season five. <laughs> oh like, my god. Uh, I I loved our discussions after each episode. They would go on for what, like two hours or something? Um, oh goodness. god. I think after the season finale, we talked for like it was like a four-hour discussion. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but we digress. <laughs> anyway. Yes. So um does Buck kiss Gaelic when oh never mind. Don't read that. Don't read Don't that. Read Rebecca. that? I Guys, <laughs> we're not doing spoilers. I can't delete them right now, but please no spoilers. Um, Thank you. <laughs> anyway, um, so, um, so yeah, Buck is Galus and Dougal's son. So if we're looking at the grand scheme of things, Roger and Jamie are like seven co- cousins seven times removed. Which is so funny to think about. Yes, which makes... Him and Brianna, cousins eight times removed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, but I just think that it's such a mindfuck in Dragonfly and Amber when yeah. Roger meets Galus. It's nuts. Oh, my God. That episode is crazy. When he looks at her, I was like, oh, this is crazy. <laughs> Especially on a rewatch. You don't get it the first time until you really realize what's happening. You're like, oh. And he's looking at her like she's crazy. And I'm like, you're not wrong. (laughs) You're not not wrong. wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank Um, you, Angela. She's like, don't look, Rebecca. I will move it up. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate you. Oh, my Um, goodness. Um, Yeah, go ahead. It it is crazy how full circle that comes. Mm -hmm. But I will say in that moment, um, when Roger hugs her, now I know in the book he kissed her on the cheek, right? Mm-hmm. Is that what happens? Yeah. Um, in the but I went, whoa. For them to change it even to a hug was crazy. When he hugs her, uh Mor- Morag? Yeah, Morag. Is that her name? Okay, yes, I got it right. Um, when he hugged her, I went, dude, what are you doing? Do you know what time period you're in? You are going to die. I literally yeah. went, he's going to die. And then the <laughs> husband shows up and I'm like, oh my god, I know that voice. And then they go somewhere else, and then he does. Well, in essence, he kind of almost does die, but like. See, I totally missed it until I had to rewind. I was like, that guy looks really familiar. And I rewound it, and I was like, it's Graham. <laughs> it, um, I love seeing him back. I just love seeing Richard and him play. That's like the best part for me is seeing them both do their thing um yeah. they're both such really high caliber actors mm-hmm. like they should be in a scene together yeah and so um as we're moving on down so buck and morag yeah. have children 
Um, their oldest son being Jeremiah. So the baby that Roger saved on the way over to America after he first comes through the stones uh-huh. is actually his ancestor. It's his five times great grandfather. Which is kind of what he knew in season four, right? On the boat. Is that why he Um, kind of took care of them? Or is it just because he's such a giving heart? (laughs) Well, so when he first saved her, I don't think he knew who she was. And then when they're talking later is when he finds out that she's like a Mackenzie, I guess. Or when he first. Okay. So. Um, so that's interesting and so that name Jeremiah is where the family name comes from and so Roger's dad's name was Jeremiah McKenzie so it's just a name that's been passed down through the generations which is cool okay someone said they yelled at the TV when that happened when he did that I went I yelled too I was like what are you doing (laughs) Roger stop stop He does. Roger does have a soft spot. Just he's such a sensitive boy. And when it comes to his family, like Mm -hmm. that boy needs boundaries is what he needs. (laughs) Yeah. So it's just all so crazy. Like Roger's family is this entangled gobbledygook of people. It was probably good that he was raised by the Reverend because I think that that played a huge part in his disposition. Oh, because he's not like Galus. Or Dougal or any of them at all. I mean, yeah, he has feelings. Yeah, he can be passionate. But, like, he's not yeah. cuckoo for Cocoa Puff. Well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and I, that's Don't, don't kiss that... Granny. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kathleen. <laughs> that's funny. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, all of these things that we're talking about, they end up playing a major role in, like, books six, seven, and eight. And so, like, I'm not going to talk about it, and guys, don't discuss it in the comments. Um, But I am just, I'm not going to spoil anything, but, like, it's important for all of this stuff to get set up now. And that's part of why I'm so, like, frustrated that people don't like Roger. (laughs) Because I'm like, he is a massive character in book six. Like, book six is is Roger's jam, okay? Like, a lot of stuff happens. And, um... So if they don't get season six right, like, there's no hope. (laughs) Like, if season six not right, like, literally everything else that happens after that. I mean, obviously, Diana's still writing, but, like, they have to get Roger right in season six. Like, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, they do. Um, Yeah, I... They do. I love him. So let's talk about season four a little bit. Like the yes, please. God, I okay. The, like the hell of a season that screwed up everything. Goodness sakes! And the funny thing is, their theme song was is probably my favorite. Like I get goosebumps thinking about the music <laughs> the introduction. Yeah. So yeah. there's a lot of things that like there are a lot of good things that happen in season four. It just kind of yeah. Fell flat for me personally like it seemed like something would happen and then it was kind of anticlimactic and something else would happen and it was anticlimactic so um but for Roger especially like because here's the thing when we start out with Roger in seasons two and three I that's my Roger like that is the Roger that I love and that us book readers love and I was very optimistic 
after seeing seasons two and three, I thought Rick Rankin was perfect. The writing was great. And then season four happened and I'm like, what are we doing? Like, I don't, this isn't, this isn't Roger. And, and that's kind of when I started to see the decline. It makes me so sad. I'm glad I didn't read the book first because I think I'd be extremely heartbroken more than I am now. So <laughs> <And pissed. laughs> right. So there are a few scenes that like key tentpole moments. That's what the producers call them, where um, they're they're different in the in the show than they are in the books. So the first one is the proposal scene. Oh, yep. As a show watcher, I will tell you, I went, oh, that's cute. He got her a bracelet. What are you doing? (laughs) You guys haven't talked for how long? And I don't know about that. Yeah. Yeah. So in the the books, Roger and Bree have been having this ongoing relationship. Like, it's long distance, but you very much are present in their relationship and the evolution of it. And yeah, it's been a long time since they've seen each other, but... Like, we really don't get that vibe in the show. Like, it just no. kind of, like, dropped off in season three. We left them in Boston, and then it picks back up. And, like, yeah. we're left to assume that they've been dating all this time. But I I actually thought they had kind of broken up, to be honest. Yeah. That's kind yeah. of how it felt, right? Like, yeah. that it was just, like, this awkward, like, we don't really talk. And, like, oh, oh, hi. How, um, I guess we yeah. can hug. <laughs> yep. Um, I yeah. Like, I know I was really looking forward to getting to know them more. Mm-hmm. Like, I honestly was like, I want to see more of Roger. I want to see more of Brie. I want to get to know her a little bit yep. more. And then it was kind of like, what? Yeah. So, in the books, the like, Brie goes over to Scotland and they spent, she spends a good chunk of time there. And then at the end of that trip, he kind of halfway proposes to her. But when she's like, uh, he's like, okay, well, that's fine. Like, I'll wait. What, however long you want, like, I will wait. Just let me know when you are ready. Aww. But did they do that in the show? Like, no, he got all pissy about it. And I'm like, no, he needs to be that understanding character that's like, I get that you're 10 years younger than me and that you're not ready for this stage of your life yet. So by all means, like take your time and let me know when you're ready. I'll wait. I forget how much older he is than her. I keep Mm -hmm. thinking it's like seven, which isn't too bad, but like 10 years is pretty Well, it's like, it's like eight or nine years, I think. Okay. But that's still a pretty big ish gap compared to how old she is. Yeah. I mean, thinking about like, that's your formative years, you know, like the, the difference in like, what you're ready for in the stage of your life between 20 and 30, like that is a huge developmental time. So like, and especially in the the late sixties and early seventies, when it was all about like liberation and like women, like accepting who they are and like loving themselves and not just being a housewife. Like that's the age that Brianna is living in and growing up in. So it makes sense that she's not ready. And I will also add, she had a mother who <laughs> went back in time and chose mm-hmm. to stay with this other man. Like she leaves her husband for another husband yeah. and has to come back. And in this kind of loveless-ish marriage, because she's not in love with Frank anymore, but mm-hmm. Frank does love her. But like, it is 
it's kind of that would make me not want to get married like watching all of that play out and her not even knowing what exactly happened until later but even then she had a lot to work through so like that was really strange for it to be like automatically he proposes to her after like them not really having been in face-to-face connection for a Mm -hmm. while they Brianna and Roger kind of come off a little like soap opera in season four where it it bugs me a bit because I'm like this is not really how they were I don't I don't get this it's it's very much like I um I've heard it said a couple of times and I know Diana mentioned it I'm mentioning the outcast podcast a lot because I'm like going through them it's awesome um (laughs) yes 10 out of 10 recommend but um Diana had mentioned that what makes her books different from a romance novel is that a romance novel, they very rarely have sequels because it's about getting together. And then once they're together, it's over. But what makes this unique is that it's about a marriage and how you make a marriage last over 50 years. So when you look at that in that context, and then you throw in the juxtaposition of Brie and Roger, like, I felt like the showrunners kind of took that and ran with it. And they were like, oh, well, finally, we get to have a will they or won't they relationship. And I'm like, actually, Brie and Roger are not a will they won't they relationship. They are very much like Jamie and Claire in that respect. Like, Roger knew from the very beginning that, like, Brie was it for him, much like Jamie yep. did with Claire. And he really yep. didn't ever have any hesitation about that. Um, Brie's the one that had the yep. hesitation. And I mean, rightly so, she's young yeah. and he's yeah. her, essentially probably her first serious boyfriend. And so at 2021, like that's a huge commitment to make, but it yeah. wasn't ever really a matter of will they or won't they? It was just a matter of like taking their time with it. Yeah. And like, I love that you said that he knew right away that she was it. Yeah. Like you can see that Richard did that so well. Like when we see him in Dragonfly and Amber, see her mm-hmm. I was like oh like that's it for him like yeah. you knew it from the get-go so like gets go gets go <laughs> um <laughs> yeah Mandy Roll Leggett said something interesting she said hard to believe the intro scene of 508 which is famous last words the intro scene at Oxford would have taken place before that awkward airport greeting so many inconsistencies in the writing So when he, that all would technically have happened chronologically before the uh, festival, the Scottish festival. That's why, I just, yeah, that's why it was so weird. It's all weird. I, it bugs me, inconsistencies. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Like, they're not investing in Brie and Roger enough in general, Mm -hmm. I don't think as a couple, because, like, I wouldn't be craving to want to know them so much. Right. I know, like season five what I was really looking forward to was seeing them as a couple which I think we got a little bit better but mm-hmm. they still butchered Roger so yeah. it was like it was still and it's funny to hear a bunch of book readers go like you are a weird television watcher because you want to know Brie and Roger like there's a lot of people that don't care about them at all and I'm like I want to know she's Jamie's kid why wouldn't I want to know her <laughs> well and I think that that's part of it is that stars is under the impression that all people care about is Jamie and Claire that mm-hmm. they don't care about Roger and Brie which I mean I'll be honest like I watched the show for for Jamie and Claire but that doesn't mean that I don't want to 
know anything about Roger and Bree or that I want to see Roger like specifically drug through the mud to make Jamie look better. <laughs> like, um, so I don't know. Ugh. I mean, I guess it's it's all about who you talk to, but that's personally how I feel. So, um, all right. So second scene that I wanted to talk about that like was a key adaptational choice that kind of fell flat is the wedding or the hand fasting the hand fasting and particularly <laughs> the fight afterwards. That was, do you want to go? Sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs> uh, like that was the weirdest thing to watch. I sat there going, what just happened exactly? Like, I don't understand what that was like. The way it was worded was so weird. Like, I, it was weirdly worded. I didn't like that at all. The way they worded it was kind of like to make Roger look bad, actually. <laughs> it really made him look bad. And I'm like, I don't really understand what just happened. I, it, it's, it was such a weird fight. I didn't get it at all. Yeah, and I mean, I get that <laughs> Bree thinks that Roger should have told her. And yeah, yeah, he probably should have. But at the same time, like, I get why he made the choices that he did. And it's one of those things where, like, there's not really any sides. Like, I can't pick a side. Like, I can see why both of them made the decisions that they did. But when Roger left. And just stormed out and all of that happened. That's like, that's the decision that didn't really jive with what happened in the books. Because, yes, they did have a fight in the books. But at the end of it, like, they had been talking about things previous to this. And the plan was for Roger to find Bonnet and get his gemstones back. And so... That was the plan before they had the fight. And so he made that perfectly clear to Brie before he left that that's where he was going and that he would come back for her. There was no miscommunication that he was just leaving and he was gone. Thank you, Linda. I was just about to say that. Um, She told him to go. What Mm -hmm. were you going to do if the guy didn't leave? Like, she said leave. So Mm -hmm. what was he going to do? Like, not like people get pissy at him. But I'm like, would you want the person in front of you that you were fighting with to stay? Like, let's be real. Well, and I think even Jamie, when he finds out that, like, because he, to- he tells she, Jamie, yep, he's like, she yep, told yep, me yep. to go. She told me to leave. And, and he went. He, and Jamie's like, oh. <laughs> well, well that's then, okay. Different. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So Jamie got it. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I just the, feel like it wasn't, I don't know. The it, double standard the, is ridiculous. It is so annoying because that happens so much. Um, no, no, no. I... Uh, I I don't like it. (laughs) Like, Brianna can do whatever she wants, but Roger is not. Again, it comes down to she's allowed to have feelings and he's Mm -hmm. not. Yep. And, like, it's... Mm, Yeah, no. There's a lot of that in this fandom. And it bugs the shit out of me. (laughs) (laughs) The fook. The fook out of me. Um, That, yeah, again, that fight was so weird. I remembered sitting there first watching, I don't, like this I don't get what happened it's confusing me what just happened I don't like what just went on Mm -hmm. and it like again the wording was weird it was kind of like he was talking down to her but that doesn't really feel like Roger 
to do that though. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that but also their age is different, so I'm not really sure. It was the weird wording and it yeah. was just strange. It came off very soap opera. Well, he, didn't he make a comment like that she was acting like a child? Like Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. I, mm, no, mm. you know what actually pissed me off the most was that when he said something about Frank I went bro you actually went over the line there like no 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 see I don't think he did I think he was being very real with her in that moment that like you know look you're you're doing the like you told me you regret what happened with your dad like that the last time that you spoke with him you were in an argument and you're just like I have to go and that was the last time like she told him that they she regretted that decision and he's saying, don't do the same thing with me. Like, you never know when the la- it's going to be the last time that you talk to somebody. Don't push me out in anger and then just, like, regret it later. He was like, you need to, like, talk to me about this. See, this is where they need to give Roger more words to say because mm-hmm. it did come off kind of, I don't want to be, like, politically incorrect, but it came off spaz. That whole yeah. argument was really like really back and forth and I didn't it, again it was just the weird dialogue yeah for all of it yeah yeah yep so um I'm trying I think we're ticking off on the list but um so one <laughs> thing for, that thanks for hanging with us still people this is yeah <laughs> I know that some people have gone to bed <laughs> um but yeah thanks for sticking around we're having a good time um, so the adaptation with the priest getting burnt alive, I-, I wasn't really a fan of that. Like, I know that was like Roger's episode in, in, um, season four, but honestly, like, I feel like that kind of fell flat a little bit. The first time I saw it, I just was at the mode where I didn't, I was, <laughs> Truth be told, the first time I was watching season four, because of all the confusion, I was so upset and didn't know what to do with Roger. I was just kind of over it. Um, like, I actually was mad at him for some reason. I was like, why am I mad at you? This is so weird and I don't like it, but I don't care about you anymore. I'm just kind of over it. Because as a show watcher, you're given what you're given, you know? Right. So you're supposed to take that at face value. Right. Um, that episode was, I was kind of... I didn't really know what to do with it at first. Like, what what is happening right now? And yeah. then the second time I watched it, I went, wow, I can actually really appreciate this a whole lot more. There is a lot happening in here. Yeah. And it was very interesting. So as a first-time watcher, I can see where it's kind of like, where is this going? And what is this point to the season? Yeah. But I, I actually like that episode. It was, it was interesting. Yeah, it was kind of weird because I felt like Roger had kind of, like, reverted back. Like, it didn't feel like he made any progress as a person in that episode for some reason. But, yeah. I mean, I, I also think that it really showcases the type of person that Roger is. Like, he's compassionate. He's empathetic. Like, he doesn't want some innocent man to suffer. Like, if he's going to die, then at least let it be merciful you know so um I do think that in a lot of respects like that said a lot about Roger as a character and like the type of person he is it I it makes you think because I'm like I would probably 
I would not know what to do. I would be on both sides of the spectrum. I'd be like the priest because I do have a very strong conviction side. So Mm -hmm. if I like really feel something like that's it, like I can understand the priest, but I can also get Roger where he's like, you're not going to go to hell if you're going to baptize this kid. Like nobody understands what's happening. But I get the priest. I really do. Mm -hmm. I get him. Like, no, he's like, no, I can't actually do this. I mean, um, it it just really speaks to, like, how courageous Roger is. Like, you want to talk about somebody being a wimp? Like, I'm sorry, but the guy had a chance to run and save his own skin, and he returned and basically gave himself back to the Mohawk to yeah. save his friend from dying a terrible death. Like, I'm sorry, there is nothing wimpy or cowardly about that decision. Okay, on that note, like, he had every right to want to get out of there because he was thrown in in, in the first place, which right. I can, I understand. I'm not mad at Jamie. I'm only, we all know it's Roger, but I'm not mad at Jamie for wanting to pound the shit out of him because he thought this was the guy who raped his daughter. What was he right. going to do? So that whole thing of people getting mad at Jamie for that is kind yeah. of, I think, stupid. But, like, um, <laughs> side note there. But, like, <laughs> the... People forget that Roger made his way back to Aunt Jocasta's by himself at the end of the season. Can we highlight that a second? Like, he had no help there. Yeah. So he's not wimpy. He's not incapable of that time period at all. So that's why season five's inconsistency was weird there. Like, he can't shoot in the the episode that shall not be named like goodness sakes in season five god um (laughs) but like i that whole thing was confusing just like why wouldn't he be capable of doing some of this stuff he literally made his way back to jocasta's by himself Mm -hmm. so can we like think about that for a second right roger roger knows what he's doing but like Oh, he's just, that boy's been through so much. Like, he was on a boat with Bonnet for how long? And then he gets sold, he gets beat the shit out of, basically almost to death. Like, literally, Jamie would have killed him. And he gets sold to the Mohawk. And and Roger doesn't understand why. He's like, (laughs) I love that he says season four finale like I even thought that was a bit intense even for her for Brianna's <laughs> rage like <laughs> oh my god <laughs> just made me laugh so hard this guy's been through a lot yeah and he has he, and he had to make a decision like to stay or to go I yep. think he already knew he was gonna stay with her he just yeah. needed to sit there and really like be okay with it with himself just like sit with yourself it's okay to think with yourself and be like okay I already know what I'm gonna do just I need a moment (laughs) right yeah like I need I need to make sure that this is the right choice for me it's not that he like I don't honestly think that he hesitated about going back to Brie like I think that in his heart that's what he wanted but he felt that he owed it to himself to look at things a little bit more deeply before making that decision like if I do this like what does that mean for me what does this mean for her what does this mean for the child that she carries because yes yep it could be bonnets but it could potentially be mine too so it's like what do you do you know and so I don't know I mean the whole thing is just like 
and it's yes, <laughs> I mean, it's kind. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> it's kind of stupid and a little ridiculous that there is so much hate on him. Like it's kind of irrational. I don't. I don't really get it. Computed yeah. in my brain. Because things make so much more sense when you do a rewatch. They're like some stuff I went, okay, like I actually get that now. Like Mm -hmm. we kind of, I've even had to do that with Jamie and Claire's stuff. Like, I don't get what just happened here. And then you watch the episode again. You're like, okay, all right. I see it all now. (laughs) This is okay. Yeah. So I agree. I love, I love what Kathy said. Um, Roger is underappreciated. He actually does Mm -hmm. do so much. Oh, he, yeah. he does do a lot. That's Agreed. <laughs> um, let's see. This is so much fun, Chelsea. Yay. <laughs> I'm so glad we did this. Struggle. I'm trying to make sure that we've touched on everything. I mean, we talked about Myrta. Yeah. I think we have it. Oh, the one thing we haven't talked about. Um, the Brownsville situation. Oh, I was like, are we going to talk about like what I think, which was in Monsters and Heroes? Mm-hmm. All right, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> um, the Brownsville situation, that was kind of where like, I felt like in, season, in, the, in the first episode of season five, they did a pretty good job of like, yep. like, with Roger. I felt like it was, I felt like it was good. And then episode two was just like, not so good. I mean, I liked it better on a rewatch, but whatever. And then we Roger to- was the best part about that episode. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, Tufty Fluffy Tail. I mean, come on. <laughs> that exploded on the internet. I like know. everything Outlander is like, oof. Yeah. But then we get to episode four, and it's like Roger is just an epic fail in every way, shape, and form. Like, it- and then Jamie comes on the scene and it fixes everything. Like, Save the day. Right. And even Roger was like, well, I was kind of just trying to buy time until you got here. Okay. When he stood there trying to explain to him his logic, I went, what is happening right now? I don't think Roger is stupid, but like, what are you doing with him right now? Mm-hmm. Of course, Jamie's going to go, I don't understand what the fuck you're talking about. This is what we need to do. Yeah. You let a guy get taken, all this mm-hmm. stuff. So it did kind of go wishy-washy. You're right. Like from episode yeah. one, they did do well. Like he stood up to Ancho Casta, which I thought was the shit. Like go mm-hmm. Roger. And then he yep. owns Jemmy, all that stuff. And yep. he stands by Jamie, mm-hmm. everything. But like, yeah, that was a weird moment. I was like, Jamie's not there. Roger, you are smart. Like what yeah. are they doing with him? He is a intelligent person. Well, and, and I, have- I felt like, his solution for the situation was a very 20th century solution. Like eat, drink and be merry. (laughs) If they're drinking, they're not thinking about killing this guy, you know? Um, (laughs) So, and he like tries to use his knowledge to make things better, but it's just not the way that things were handled in the 18th century. So it doesn't settle well with, with the men in Jamie's militia because that's not the way that in their mind things should be done. I mean, me as a 21st century person, I think it was a pretty ingenious plan. It was very diplomatic 
and like he did what he had to do to make sure that nobody was killed. But yeah. the the ideals of how things should be handled now versus the ideal of like using force to get what you need or to like stand by your men. And even if it means like getting into a knockdown drag out, like guns blazing fight, like that was okay (laughs) back then. And I'm just like, so that's really just, it's not necessarily that Roger was incapable of doing it. It's just that his idea of what was a successful ceasefire versus what their idea of a successful resolution is, is completely different. Yeah, and it was kind of weird, actually, to see Fergus not really be so on his side, I guess. Mm -hmm. Like, Fergus was just kind of there, like, I don't even know what happened, so I'm just getting rid of all the alcohol I made. Like, (laughs) um, I, I don't, yeah, it was strange. Linda says, Linda Lane says, Roger is intellectual and a peacemaker, which hundred percent. But I do think because I had someone um, a couple weeks ago comment on a post and they said that Roger is a pacifist. And I think that there is a very big difference between being a peacemaker and being a pacifist, because Roger is 100 percent the person that would stick up and do anything for his family. Like if his family's in danger, watch out like. But uh, that doesn't mean that he resorts to violence first. So I think that's yeah. that's a key difference there. I did love the change, though, like mm-hmm. later. With, yes. Um, Mercy shall follow me. He was like, you did what with my woman? Like, he just literally, like, went and pounded the shit out of Bonnie. Can I just talk so about, much. there's this moment in Mercy shall follow me where they corner Wiley. I loved that and scene. Jamie gives Roger the knife and he's just like yes. watching like, oh, that's my boy. It's a smirk. Yes. <laughs> I loved Wiley. I hope we see him at least like randomly again because he's such yeah. a goofy character. I agree. I yeah. Uh, like, which is why, I mean, as it's weird. Like I do want the sword scene in that episode. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to have seen it, but there were a lot of moments where they did show Jamie was like, I am proud of this kid. Like he is my son, mm-hmm. like these smirks and just making, okay. He's like watching Roger go run after Bonnet. Like he really was proud of him Yeah, there. So it, but still the sword scene would have been great, but like, yeah. Know. I mean, speaking of things that like we didn't see, um, and I know you already know about this, but um, I think mm-hmm. that it got lost because of the whole Murta storyline. But um, the scene mm-hmm. in the Ballad of Roger Mack, when uh, Jamie goes and he throws his coat down at Tryon and basically like gives him both barrels. That was a scene. I mean, the red coat wasn't involved, but it was a very similar to scene to what happens in the Fiery Cross. But all of Jamie's anger is geared towards what Tryon allowed to happen to Roger. And that was a very key moment in that book because that's when Jamie's like, you did this to my son and it is not okay. Like, it is not okay and you will regret it. Like, like Tryon's literally scared shitless of Jamie in that moment. And, like, we needed that. We need the validation mm-hmm. that that mm-hmm. provides us between Jamie and Roger. I'm getting goosebumps hearing you talk about it. Like when, when you had actually told me that that's what happened, I went, what the heck? 
-hmm. Like, why couldn't that have been in there? Like for him to call Roger his son, like he literally does the oath in the first episode and we hear nothing Mm -hmm. about him being his son after. Right. So it's like that again, I don't hate Murta. I loved seeing him in season four. It was like, Oh, this is so great. And he whistles to Claire, like, Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) I was watching her doing that. But like, and I don't mind him having been alive, but kind of what you had said earlier, if he had stayed like a minor character, that would have been fine. But like we, like you said, we needed that moment for Jamie and Roger stuff. Mm -hmm. Because again, Roger's a main character. Yep. Absolutely. All right. There was one other thing that you wanted to talk about. <laughs> his, his man pubes? Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh. we, all love the, uh, we all love that first little scene in Monsters and Heroes. I mean, Monsters and Heroes was a great episode anyway. And let's just take a moment to talk about it. Because, I mean, yes, this has basically been an hour and a half bitch session about how they've done Roger wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Monsters and Heroes was actually a really, really, really great episode. And we finally, finally got the Jamie and Roger relationship that we've all been longing for. It was fun, their banter and like Roger being snarky with him. Like that was really funny. (laughs) Like you're supposed to teach me. But it's just really like Jamie's confronted with his own mortality in that episode. And Roger is there. Like Jamie's almost like, like, okay, you'll, they'll be okay. Because like, I, he, he fully thinks that Roger's like, he even says like, I'm glad you're here by the fire like I'm glad that you came back that you didn't leave that like you're here to take care of Brianna and Claire and Jemmy like like that's what he means Mm -hmm. because like I think Jamie is under the assumption in that episode that if he dies like they'll just all go back but um yeah but yeah like it was such a great episode and it was like this coming to terms with everything and when Roger prays over Jamie like I'm not a religious person but like Roger is and Jamie yeah. is, and like that was yeah. a really powerful moment for them to, for like Roger to pray over Jamie and just say like, like what, yeah. like I can't like. There's this great line in the book where Roger is like, um, when Jamie's like, I need you to do like X, Y, and Z if I die, like this yeah. needs to happen, and he's like, right, just take over and run the ridge and be Jamie Fraser. Not fucking likely. Is what <laughs> So, yeah, like, I freaking love that moment in the books, but, yeah. I See, I loved the snarky, like, back and forth thing. Like, mm-hmm. Roger's like, you're not gonna die. There's all this, it's okay, dude. I like, okay, for real, can we just comment on the fact, like, Roger legit sucked the venom from Jamie's leg. Like, he just <laughs> went to save his father-in-law. Like, I just thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. And, like, he, he did what he needed to do. And Jamie's like, I don't understand what's going on right now. But he's all. used to seeing Claire do all of these things that he doesn't yep. understand. So, yeah. <laughs> like, whatever. Yep. Um, um, I like seeing Roger, like, take Jamie up to the room, even though Jamie was being a punk, going, like, I'm just going to let myself die. Mm-hmm. Woe is me. <laughs> Which was weird to see him do that. I was like, is this because he's old now? <laughs> he's just um, prideful. He's got too yeah. much pride. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh, yeah. And then 
Oh, Ian just like gave him the business. I was like, go <laughs> Ian. Like, yes. Um, oh, we'll need to talk about that Ian and Roger connection though. Because mm-hmm, yeah. I really liked their friendship. But, well, like, let's talk about it. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Um, love famous last words. Just loved it basically everything about yeah. that episode it was so good well almost everything <laughs> it was roger's episode in this yeah. in this whole season and rick rankin said from the very beginning whenever we were watching all the the lead up to season five like yeah. what episode do you feel like is most important for your character and he said famous last words or well he mm-hmm. said 508 <laughs> didn't have a name <laughs> at that point but um but it really was, it was this journey for Roger. And, you know, after what he went through at the end of episode seven, like, holy shit. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah. that is yeah. hard to bounce yeah. back from. And for people to just be like, you're being a bit of a baby. I need you to get your shit together. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was, I was, yeah. When, um, <laughs> oh my, this is where the double standard comes in that I don't like is where Brianna's like I get her feelings but she legit was yelling at him no people don't need someone yelling at them when they're in this traumatic like you know they're trying to process something like don't start yelling like Roger's just different than you honey like (laughs) not that she would need she's different than Jamie let me put it that way there was a difference between the way she was doing it versus how Claire did it in uh the last episode of season one. Um, I'm totally brain farting the title right now. To Ransom a Man's Soul. Thank you. I was like, how did I forget that? I feel like it was just different the way Claire did it versus the way Brianna was doing it right now. Like, I understand she needs her husband, mm-hmm. but it was like the dude had that happen like three months ago. Can you just give him a break? Yeah. Like, it, everyone processes things differently. So you need to let him do that. Now, Brianna was able to have her time to deal with things, how she was going to deal with that. I don't understand why he couldn't like it. It's his voice is gone. His ancestor legit hung him. That would scare anybody that would make anybody want to shut down. Mm-hmm. So like, <laughs> that would be scary to almost yeah. die from being hung. Yeah. And Veronica's saying, and again, the show cheated Roger out of a physical injury and made it all psychological. So, yeah, I mean, in the book, he does, he has a, like, I mean, obviously you can't have like a rope, like strangling you and like have basically your entire body weight put on that rope. And like, yeah, he got his fingers under to keep it from crushing his windpipe because, um, and that's all that kept him alive. But he still had like very bad physical trauma, like to his trachea and his vocal cords and things like there were a lot, there was a lot of scar tissue there. And in the books, like when he yelled at Jimmy, when Jimmy like reached out to touch the pot, like that, like tore that scar tissue, like that is what enabled him to like be able to even get his vocal cords to start moving again. It wasn't necessarily all psychological at first. So, and then of course it was more of a pride of, oh, I don't sound the same, but he, that was not the biggest hurdle. The biggest hurdle hurdle was that he couldn't physically speak for a while. So. It can, it's allowed to be both. 
like mm-hmm. yeah because it because it, it would have been like, but it would have taken would like Trump. It, yeah it would have taken like five seconds for them to be like oh well he does have some scar tissue so you know it, it will be like really hard for him to speak another like, short end of the stick thing on yeah. his part let's just let's just do that someone actually asked a very interesting question um <laughs> i'm sorry i don't know how to say your name but um, why is Roger the only main character that hasn't been raped? Is this significant? Um, I've had these thoughts. <laughs> um, but also we're trying to keep it spoiler free. I don't know. Well, I mean, anything that I've read, it hasn't happened. Um, I oh. just think that it's more of a, like, Roger's story is different from others. Yeah. Like, he has his own traumas that he goes through. And I don't necessarily think that, like, I mean, hell, it could happen in the next book. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> God. Do uh-huh. you know what I worry about is Jemmy. Jemmy. I'm like, that better not happen to him. Yeah. <laughs> so but, I mean, know. I don't know. I mean, I don't want it to happen. Like, and I really feel like, yes, it's a very rapey show, but, like, I don't think that it's but a it- club that you aspire to get into. <laughs> I hesitate with rapey show because I don't think that that I just think it happens a lot. Well, it yeah, just, it's used yeah. as a plot device a lot. I mean, I'm not like, yes, like the like how they deal with it and all of that. Like, it's not just like thrown in there for the hell of it, but it's just like yeah. it's in there a lot. Let's face mm-hmm. it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I hope it doesn't ever happen to Roger. I mean, as far mm-hmm. as through book eight, at least. It doesn't. So um, we'll see. Although, yeah. um, if anything ever happens to Jimmy, like, watch the fuck out because Jamie Fraser's going to be on the freaking warpath. That's all I got to say. Oh, yeah. I mean, they all um, will, but Jamie especially is just like. I can't <laughs> wait to read those, like, grandpa, grandkid it's connections because so it's. I mean, even in the show, it was cute. It. Like, when Jamie, it was funny watching. Sam and Katrina play grandparents because it was funny to watch Sam behind the tree and then there's the little boy I'm sorry I'm not remembering his name but like Jemmy runs over and he's just he finds grandpa like it was so cute like yeah. I did, and he was barely hiding is that's what was so adorable you want to know the, the one part of journey cake that makes me cry every time I watch that episode is when Brie and Roger are looking out the window and Jamie is like sitting on the horse with Jimmy and they're like, oh my God. It's, oh man. Anyway, we digress. Um, yes. So is there, but, I think the one, one last important plot point to talk about, oh, we wanted to talk about Ian and Roger. Okay, so let's go ahead and talk yeah. about that. Yep. I just I loved them in famous last words because they already have this connection already because of what Ian did for him that like when Roger sees Ian he can't say anything yeah but you can see it on his face like holy shit like thank you for what you did like he doesn't even know what to say to him at the same time Mm -hmm. but I love the that's who Roger needed. Someone who won't say anything to him. They're both in the same boat. Like they're not talking and they've yeah. had this traumatic thing, which I'm really curious to see what happened with Ian, but like they just, 
they needed each other in that mm-hmm. moment. Like Roger helps Ian not kill himself. And Ian tells, like, basically gets him to talk. <laughs> like, you know, yep. you've been thinking about killing yourself too. So don't even try. <laughs> <laughs> I loved their dynamic. I just, I mm, and then, oh my God. And that's one of everything. the, that's one of the things that um, I actually really liked. I'm not what like quote unquote a book purist like I'm not one of those people that thinks that everything has to be done according to the book in fact this episode or this episode this relationship between Ian and Roger it was not in the books and I absolutely adore it like Mm -hmm. it makes sense that these like you said these two men that have been through these incredible traumas come together and they use that as a bonding point to get past it and to to support each other. It's really great. This is where they did adaptation well. Yes. Why can't they do this everywhere else? Exactly. <laughs> you know they're capable of it. Yes. <laughs> where <Thank> is you? <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh. Don't anyway. tell me you love the books and the characters. Yeah. Just yeah. don't do that. So the last thing that I really want to kind of point out um, in the season finale, Roger takes a man's life. Oh he, my goodness. He actually yeah. takes two people's lives. One of them was a mercy killing and one of them was um, fighting for Claire. So remember at the very beginning when he like smothers the little girl that's been burned. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. So that was forget that moment. Yeah. So in the (laughs) books, that was like a really powerful thing. And like, of course, you can count on. Oh, that wasn't in the season finale. That was in um, the penultimate episode. That was at the very beginning of Journey Cake. And then like you see, that's the first experience that he has with taking a life. And that's very much a Roger thing. Like it's a merciful, like Mm -hmm. much like with the priest in season four. But um Oh, yeah. So he's killed three people. <laughs> yeah. But, um, four, but those were people. The woman. <laughs> the woman. Hopping into the fire, too. <laughs> oh. But those, I, I feel like that was a difference in that, like, those people were going to die anyway. And it was just like making it a merciful killing versus what he did with this man in the season finale, which was he killed her or he killed him. To save Claire. Claire. Mm. And I really think. he tells Jamie. Go ahead. When he tells Jamie, like, I'll stand by you. Like, oh, my God. Like, all the goosebumps and tears coming. Mm -hmm. Because all the men were ready to go fight for Claire. Like, that moment when the music and just everything is just, oh, my God. Yep. When he says there are times for men of peace. And there are times for men of blood. And. That perfectly sums up Roger. Like, he's not, like I said earlier, he's not a pacifist. He believes in trying to solve things without violence, which is the way that we should all be, I think. But he's not past protecting his family when he needs to. And that's what this is. And I think that that's a very, like, big moment for him as a character, that he's fully, like, made it. He's made it to where he needs to be to set off for season six so I'm I'm very excited I love his relationship with Claire like they do mm-hmm. really have a connection because they do think they are very similar in a lot of ways 
Um, she's, yeah, she looks like she acts whatever, but like she does actually think about things. She's very, yeah, she's very connected and, and emotionally she's, driven. Yeah, cerebral. Yeah. They're yeah. both very cerebral. And I, I love that he, that whole, that whole episode was the first Outlander episode where I cried basically the whole episode. I've never had that happen before. And how can you not like, I mean, unless like you're sitting there, like I'm just digesting this. Cause normally <laughs> I don't cry during these episodes. Like season five was the cry season. Like right after we see Roger get hanged, that's the first time I cried right after an episode. And then this one was where I full on just the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I love that Roger was like, I'm, I'm here. I'm doing this. When he actually killed the guy the whole time he's there, all the other men I'm not worried about. Like Ian's like, I'm going to do this thing. Yeah. And I'm like, they, they know what face. they're doing. But yeah, that was so hot. I'm not, I know John Bell is gay, <laughs> but I was like, bro, I am here for this. There you go. <laughs> but like, uh, and I know all the older ladies are like, I know he's old enough to be my son, but that was hot. <laughs> so that was fun. But like, Season five was an an emotional roller coaster, Kimberly. It really was. Um, But like when he's going off and he has that guy right in front of him, I was like, Roger, be careful. Oh, okay. You did that. All right. Now I think you'll be fine. Is everybody paying attention? I don't need Roger dying. But like, I know a lot of us were probably like, oh, Roger, be careful. The show Rogers, you care about him anyway. But like, I know I was worried. I was like, I don't need to get stabbed or something. But to see the look on his face when he actually killed the guy was like, whoa, he's looking at him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And All right. Even, um, even when he's with Brianna, actually, and mm-hmm. he's so nervous to say it, and he needs the light off. I remember thinking, I would need the light off if I was going to say something. And he goes, "Can you turn the light off?" Like she's like, "All right." Like, and and you then don't, he says it. Yeah. She's like, "You don't yeah. have to tell me anything, but this is the difference." Like. I think after what he went through in Famous Last Words, like, he decided mm-hmm. he wasn't going to keep in what was bothering him anymore. Like, mm-hmm. this is part of his growth as a character in season five. So he's like, no, I need to tell you. Like, I need to tell you what happened. So I th- I'm hoping that this is, like, the beginning of the Roger and Brie in the books that share everything. Like, they don't keep anything from each other. They're much, they're a lot like Jamie and Claire in that respect, that they're very honest with each other. Yeah. And I hope that they don't go all wishy-washy with um, Jamie and Roger in season six. Like, I hope that that's solidified mm-hmm. and that Roger actually has his place there. Mm-hmm. And there's no more Jamie going like, what are you doing? Yeah, you I know? think that we're past that. I'm really, really I, hoping I, we are. Especially yeah. after Monsters and Heroes and Mercy, Mercy Shall Follow Me. Like, I yeah. feel like they got past that. In those episodes. Well, and then I also think the fact that Roger was like, I will go with you when mm-hmm. you go get Claire. Like yep, that I will was stand a, by you. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, just hopefully the writers don't keep trying to butt in on things that they shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Roger is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I think that about wraps up analysis, but we did have a couple questions come through earlier does anybody else have any questions yeah do you guys have any questions that we didn't answer or things that we didn't talk about that you want us to talk about 
little spoiler com- leave comments. Zone. Spoiler free zone. Um, nothing past season five, please. Um, cool beans. So the first question that I had was from Rebecca Fitz on Facebook. She said, Yo. "What has been the hardest thing for Roger to wrap his mind around with time travel?" Is he of the opinion to leave history alone and observe, or is he open to making changes, however small they may seem? So I actually have a pretty straightforward answer (laughs) because in the books, Roger, it's not really like, obviously we know Roger was raised by a reverend. Uh, Roger Mm -hmm. is Presbyterian and he's pretty stout in his beliefs. So uh, part of the Presbyterian, Scottish Presbyterian relief belief is that um, they believe in predestination, which is that God has a master plan for everything and we're just all here living it, essentially. It's like a giant game of Sims, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Roger believes that no matter what they do, there's no changing what's going to happen. Like the outcome is going to be the outcome no matter what. And so in Monsters and Heroes, whenever him and Jamie are having that discussion about like, yeah. oh, well, no, I think I'm going to die tonight. And Roger's like, no, you're not, because I have this piece of paper that says you're going to die in a house fire however many years from now. Wow, I forgot about that. <laughs> and, uh, and Jamie's like, well, we'll see who's right. And then at the end of the episode, Roger has this smug look on his face and he was like, well, I wanted to make sure you were going to be okay, but I just like to point out that you are still in fact alive. <laughs> so that's where all this. that comes from. So yeah, that's, that's your answer, Rebecca Fitz. Um, second part of that question is what does Roger miss the most from the future? What do you think, Rebecca? I, well, the most, mostly just the safety aspect, because that's all he is thinking about is safety for Brianna Mm -hmm. and safety now for Jemmy, who is his son. Um, But I I mean, like, he's, I'm sure he misses all his books and all that stuff. Like, he misses the comfy, what he's familiar with. He misses a toilet. I'm sure he does. Mm -hmm. Like, I just... But honestly, I just think he's happy wherever Brianna is. So if that means he's with her, he's fine. I don't think, I'm sure he, like Claire, they probably missed, and Brianna, they all like miss different things. Like Brianna and Claire had that moment where they're talking about like, oh, like this kind of food, a cheeseburger, or like the kind of music they like. Mm -hmm. But honestly, I just, I think Roger is okay and happy wherever Brianna is. Honestly. Yeah, I agree. But pizza. I would miss pizza too, Kathleen. Like, honestly. <laughs> right. Biscuits. Oh, my God. Kimberly. Can we have a biscuit? biscuit? Oh, my God. <laughs> you mean another biscuit? Aw. <laughs> oh, he's so cute. Roger. Oh, my little dimples. And then, oh, my God. Okay, I never go could look. find what that kid's name was. Um, I looked and looked and looked and I could not find a picture of what he looks like now. Oh, (laughs) I saw it. I wish I had saved it. He does look different a little bit, but like, oh my, yeah, washer and dryer. I mean, what kind of toilet paper did they have back then is kind of what I, do you think he misses his sweaters? (laughs) Probably. (laughs) I think he just misses all the conveniences like baseboard heat, running water, like 
all yeah. the conveniences of modern times, just like all of us, Starbucks. to be honest. <laughs> I don't know if they had Starbucks in the 1970s. Is a cup of tea. Um, so um. the next question will, so did you, did anybody ask any questions? Were you kind of keeping an eye, eye on it? Yeah. Like Kathy did say Roger wants Jamie to be his father. I find that he's always looking for a parental figure. Mm-hmm. I would, I would assume. Yeah. I haven't seen any questions, just people saying thank you for expressing how we feel. Like, I, yeah. I love that. I'm glad like. Season five did seem to win quite a few Roger haters over. Well, that's exciting. I hope so. That's good. Can we talk? Oh, here's one. Can we talk about how much better Roger's wardrobe got in season five? He looked good in those colors. I mean, I got to say I preferred him without the clothes because that was amazing. But like, (laughs) love his outfit in um, Mercy Shall Fall. I'm like all about the Harry. Like, yeah. But, like, I do love the outfit he had in Mercy Shall Follow Me. Like, I love the blue and the mm-hmm. tricorn hat. Like, oh, they yeah. are rocking it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yes. Yep, absolutely. Yes, <laughs> coffee from Acorns would not cut it for me. Me neither, Angela. Hell no. <laughs> no, no. I would, I, I'm, like, addicted to my Dunkin' Donuts, okay? I, I need it, like, yesterday. <laughs> um, um, I need just, like, an IV when I wake up in the morning, just directly. <laughs> Do you think anybody could actually die from not having a cell phone? No. No. <laughs> there are books. <laughs> and fresh air. I think yeah. we can make it work. <laughs> well, like, heck no. I'm like, yeah, just, I, yeah, I mean, and it's like, um, in season two, when Claire comes back, she's like, it's so loud. It's so loud yeah. here. And it's like, yeah. you don't realize, like, literally, even if you were sitting outside in your backyard, like, you're still getting the buzz from your security lamps. You're still getting, like, your air conditioner kicking on, like, airplanes flying overhead, like, cars going by on the highway a mile away wow. that you can hear. Like, you know, you don't even think about it. <laughs> like, Have you seen those bloopers where a plane is actually going over or hearing a train? <laughs> And they're like, we'll they're like, just wait. Uh, we'll just wait. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's funny because I was watching the bloopers from season one the other day. This has nothing to do with Roger, but I just freaking love it. Um, and they're like, they have the sex scenes choreographed, right? And so what, like the second AD is like telling Sam, like hand on the breast and he's like oh I got it don't you worry <laughs> it didn't, wasn't Katrina's face like uh-huh he's like don't you worry I know I, I got it in my hand <laughs> oh my god anyway I can only imagine what Richard's like as well like both the boys just being goofy that's one thing that I have enjoyed more than anything else about season five is having everybody together and like having scenes with the yeah. entire ensemble. Yeah. It's nuts that like everybody's been part of the show, but there are only certain people that work with each other because mm-hmm. of like the time period difference. So I crazy. loved Tim Downey, AKA governor Tryon mm-hmm. and Sam in scenes together. Cause they've known each other for like 10 years. I just, I love seeing them in scenes. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I had no idea before I started listening to outcasts that they actually knew each other. Like I just had no clue that they had been in a, like 
they were both um, ambassadors in commercials. For <laughs> yeah, for tennis beer. I was like, <laughs> shut up. Funny. And then I was watching <laughs> Save a Seat for Sam the other night, and mm-hmm. they actually had the commercial on there. <laughs> it was so great. I was like, this is nuts. But yeah, it so um, silly with those mustaches. But what was the next question? If you guys were missing it, um, Tim Downey and Sam Hewen worked together like 10 years ago, like Rebecca said, on a Tenet yeah. Spear commercial, and Tim Downey played Sam's butler. So <laughs> <laughs> it's very oh. interesting to see like the like flip where now Tim Downey is playing the governor. And <laughs> um, one of the Redcoats, the guy that kind of just told Jamie that, um, no, we just hung some regulators, mm-hmm. you know, that whole thing. That guy plays his butler in the Christmas movie he's in. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Oh my God, thanks yep, for pointing that yep, out. <laughs> yep, it's so funny. I, I love how great the cast is. And I agree, I love seeing them all in a scene together. Like they're all eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and yep. Jamie just takes the knife and fork and does his whole thing. <laughs> like, I just love that whole moment. Oh. Oh man! Oh, okay. I could see oh. that happening. That Sam recommended Tim for cool. try on. That is cool. That's what you do when you're doing well. You hire your friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just um, you know, here's my card. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Was there another question, or does anybody have, on the live have any? I have one more question, but it's kind of how I want to wrap it up. So. If anybody okay. else, oh, Kathy, uh, his Hallmark movie is actually on Netflix. On, if you have yep. Netflix, um, it's called it's A Princess cute. for Christmas. It is cute. It's it's your typical He's Hallmark the best movie, part, but yeah, but it's like, cute. yeah, it's cute. Yeah. Um, I actually want yeah. to watch after watching that. Um, Save a seat for Sam. I actually want to watch First Light, which was like Sam's first feature length movie. It looks really cool. It's about is um, that an interview you're talking about? Save a seat. For so him? they um, two fans, uh, Tash and oh my god, I can't remember her name. Um, oh, they, the meme chick. They put yeah, so they put a uh, a big fundraiser together and reached out to a bunch of people that Sam had worked with in the past, and um, had them tell like funny stories and stuff as a fundraiser for the Lyceum Theater in Edinburgh, which is where Sam, like, got his start in acting. It's where he was part of the youth theater. And um, so it was, like, 25 bucks a ticket, and it was, like, an hour and 15 minutes of basically people just telling stories about Sam and also, like, clips of his works and things like that. And it was super funny because they had, like, Stephen Walters did a song and... Um, Graham McTavish was on there and like people from plays that he's done and movies and stuff it was all it was really good and they ended up raising like over $75,000 for the Lyceum Theater holy shit yeah so Sam Sam posted his Instagram stories about it earlier today and was like thank you so much like this is awesome yeah best Christmas present ever I loved reading his little note to his the theater. Mm-hmm. That whole thing was that's what got it started, good. and then they took it mm-hmm. off. They took it and ran with it. So, mm-hmm. all right. Well, if it, nobody has any more questions, yeah, handsome bastard blues was what Stephen Walters' song was called. <laughs> <laughs> I love that they can make fun of themselves. That Sam can make fun of himself yeah. too. So that's good. 
Okay, so we're going to part ways with this question. So Angie Taylor Trafford says, well, TV Roger become book Roger with his duties on the ridge. I hope and pray you understand what I mean. And I see you, Angie. <laughs> I get you. And uh, I think that we are in for a treat with season six. I really hope so. So um, I'm hoping to have one of these lives with another guest to talk about things we're excited about being adapted from book six to season six. So stay tuned for that. And hopefully we get this weirdness figured out with the screen. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some research and see if we can prevent that from happening next time. Because, but... I mean, you look fine to me. so oh, And I look but fine then, to myself. Yeah, but I'm on, um, like, I'm looking scrolling through my feed on my laptop and yeah it's like we're like smushed and way zoomed in it looks really <laughs> weird <laughs> I can't wait to go back and check it out <laughs> yeah so I'm like I am sorry guys I have no idea what's causing that but hopefully we can get it figured out and fix it for next time um so I'm gonna be live or not live I'm going to be back to podcasting in two weeks we're gonna be talking about season three and you know what's up first? The battle joined. So join me in two weeks. We're going to be talking about that. It's going to be fan-freaking-tastic. Season three is like some of my most favorite episodes of the entire series. I'm really excited to chat about it. Uh, make sure to follow the Sassanac Files on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you to all of those that follow on Instagram. We hit 500 likes today. So yay! Um, if, as always, if you guys have any comments or questions about this episode of the Sassanac Files or any other episodes, please feel free to leave a comment on the Sassanac Files page and I will chat at you. Cannot wait. So I'll talk to you in two weeks. And until then, thank you, Rebecca, for joining me to talk about Roger Mack. Hope you guys enjoyed it and uh, have a good night, a good weekend. Merry Christmas, everyone. And I will talk to you in the new year. Bye.